Tell me, what are your pet peeves? I have a few, I gotta admit, and here are some of them. Chewing with your mouth open or talking with a mouthful of food, that just disgusts me. It makes me so sick. Or I, I cannot wrap my mind around the people who think they need to play their music blaringly loud off their phone while sitting in a public space, like in a waiting room at a doctor's office. Like, hello, can you not put on your headphones, please? Like, I don't need to hear your music. <laughs> I don't get that. I also get really annoyed when someone has to FaceTime while they're in the checkout line at the grocery store. Like, can't you wait till you walk outside? That would be great. Thank you very much. Anyways, those are just a few of my pet peeves. And what I've heard from consumers is their pet peeves about email marketing. In fact, I've been gathering some of that data over the past few months. And today I'm going to share that with you because I want you to avoid the six email marketing pet peeves that drive readers crazy. Welcome to Copy That Converts, the podcast that gives you copywriting and email marketing tips to help your business connect with ideal clients who will actually buy. Consider me your bossy big sister for your business. I'll tell you exactly what to do to create high converting copy so you can close your laptop with confidence knowing that you've created words that work. I'm Megan Wisdom, a certified copywriter and bona fide big sis who's helped five, six, and seven figure business owners make thousands of dollars through email marketing. And I wanna help you do that too. Get Get ready for some no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is advice with a sprinkle of fun as we learn how to create copy that converts into sales. Megan from Organized and Algebra left this podcast review. She said, this podcast is so helpful. As a small business owner, I don't have any formal training in copywriting, but I know it's important for my business. I'm so excited to gain practical tips and info on how to use and approve on my copywriting. Thank you, Megan. And I'm just going to ask you all to pause this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, then just scroll down to the bottom real quick. Leave a short review because the more reviews that we get, the more we're able to get into the earbuds of other business owners. And really the goal for this podcast is to help you improve your copy so that you can connect with your ideal clients and make more sales. And I want as many people to be able to do that as possible. So you're going to be helping me out, but you're also going to be helping other business owners out. So thank you in advance for leaving that review. Okay, let's get to the pet peeves. So there are six that really kept coming up in all of my market research. So the very first one, as you may have guessed, is too many emails. Now, this is a nuanced topic because what is too many to one person is not too many to another. So really what I'm hearing from people is that they get frustrated when they get bombarded with emails on a daily basis. So basically what they're saying is they just want you to be mindful of how often you are sending emails. You cannot control how many emails go into their inbox every day. If they feel like they get too many emails on a daily basis that aren't just from you, but the whole world, that's a personal problem, not your problem. So you can only control the things you can control. So I really want you to be cognizant of how many emails you're sending to your list. If you're sending one every day and it's not launch season, that is way too many. In fact, I would say most people, most people, one a week is plenty. And you know what? There's no need to overcomplicate things. If you feel bogged down by creating content all the time, that's going to lead to business burnout as well. One is just good enough. Now you can do more than one. Absolutely. You can do two a week. That would be for people who have really grown their list significantly. If you've got a smaller list, stick with one. In fact, if you can't even handle one a week, that's okay. Two a month would be a great starting point. You just want to be consistent and consistency doesn't always mean um, every day, every day, every day. It just means being predictable and being consistent with providing value. So 
avoid sending back-to-back nurture emails. Even if you're sending multiple emails a week, if you're sending two nurture emails a week, spread them out. Don't do them back-to-back. And when you do get to a launch, make sure that you are not necessarily sending multiple emails every day during launch week. Now, there is caveat to this. You can send multiple emails on the first day and the last day, and maybe even the day before the last day, but in between, just one a day is plenty. If you do too many, they're going to turn off and not listen. And so you've wasted your time and energy. Be cognizant of how many emails you're sending and the timing at which you're sending them. Email pet peeve number two is crappy content. So the whole goal of email marketing is to provide value, to connect with your clients. If you're just writing something to be sending something and it has no value to the people who are reading it, they are quickly going to unsubscribe, be uninterested, or be annoyed. So don't provide them crappy content. And that includes AI-generated content with no personalization. Have you noticed this new phenomenon? I get so many emails that start with, I hope this finds you well. Talk about pet peeves. That makes me want to pull my hair out because I automatically know it is AI-generated and I am not reading on. I'm disinterested. Do us all a favor. If you're going to use AI to create some of your emails, you've got to personalize them, people. It is not good enough, whatever it just spits out. So please, no hope this finds you well. Or if you're writing it and a robot's not, then please remove that from your vocabulary. Also, emails that are too I-focused. Now, this is tricky because if you're telling stories, you have to use the pronoun I. But what I mean is that it can't be focused all on you. It really needs to be focused on your client. What's in it for me? That's what they're asking. Whenever you're telling a story about yourself, you always want to turn it back around to how it benefits them. What are you illustrating for them that they can take away from this email? So it's not that you don't ever talk about yourself, because of course you want to generate that no like trust by sharing personal stories, etc. But you also just want to always keep in mind that this is for your reader. Not It's not about you, it's about them. Another mistake that I see as far as crappy content is concerned is that we talk too much about what you're getting instead of the benefits of the goods. So too much about the goods, not enough about the benefits. This is a problem because people don't really care about how many awesome doodads are inside of whatever you're selling. Workbooks, videos, whatever. That's not really what they're there for. They are there for the transformation. So talk about how this is going to transform them, how you're going to use these tools to transform their life in some way. Don't just talk about the tools themselves because that's boring. And it also does not resonate from a psychological perspective and drive people towards taking action. And another problem is just boring, boring content, snooze fest content. Add more stories, sprinkle in more personality. We talk a lot about this in episodes 10 and 16, so go back and give those a listen. Pet peeve number three is receiving irrelevant emails. For example, getting aggressive sales emails when I already belong to the program. That's what one person says. This is why it's so important to segment your list. You need to make sure that when you're sending a sales email to someone, that it's going to the person that it applies to. One, if they've already bought your program or service, they don't need additional emails about it. They need to be removed from future sequences that you send out or else you're likely to lose them from your nurture list. And you don't want to do that. You know why? Because it's seven times easier to sell to someone who is a warm lead on your list who has already bought from you before than somebody that is new. 
keep those people on your list, y'all. You've got to do that. So segment your list. Also, people are more likely to open engage with emails that are relevant to them. Avoid sending generic one-size-fits-all emails. Make sure the people who are getting the emails that it actually applies to them. Number four, the pet peeve that people do not like is clickbait subject lines. These are when you create these sensational or misleading subject lines. And that doesn't only lead to emails being ignored because they seem, you know, too gross, <laughs> but they may even be reported as spam. So here's an example. This is a clickbait subject line. This one trick will help you lose 10 pounds in a week. That is also called overstating things because you cannot promise that they can lose 10 pounds in a week. And actually, honestly, losing 10 pounds in a week is not a great thing for anybody. And I'm no health expert, but I know that that is not good. <laughs> if you're losing 10 pounds in a week, something is bad. So here's a better option for this email. That would be tips for healthy and sustainable weight loss. Are you overpromising? No. Are you saying someone's going to be guaranteed weight loss? No. You're not making it sound sensational that makes them want to either click or to be honest, most people just click away because we don't like that. We automatically know there's something intrinsically sketchy about that. So avoid clickbait subject lines. Email pet peeve number five are poorly designed emails. Like if they're hard to read, if they're visually unappealing, people are less likely to want to open them. Now, that does not mean that a plain text email will not succeed. It absolutely will. I'm telling you, statistically, plain text does better than fancy schmancy. It's okay to have graphics and to make things pretty, but I'm just telling you, you don't have to because email marketing still works if you just keep it plain and simple. But what people need is to be able to read it. You've got to help them guide them through reading the whole thing. And that means they need white space, strategically bolded words, italics. And we talk all about this in episode 15. So if you missed that one, go back and give it a listen. Just make sure that your emails are designed so that it helps the readers actually read through the end. And finally, pet peeve number six is hidden unsubscribe links. If you make it hard to unsubscribe, people are going to be super annoyed and they're really going to want to unsubscribe. I know that by that time you're like, well, who cares? They're looking to unsubscribe. But the bigger issue is that this is actually a legal issue. You have to have your unsubscribe link somewhere publicly displayed. Does it have to be huge and like arrows pointing to it? reminding readers that they should unsubscribe? Absolutely not, but you definitely need to have it. This can be a simple unsubscribe at the very bottom. Usually these are auto-generated in most email templates. So just leave it alone. Like it's already there. Don't mess with it. Make sure it's visible for people to unsubscribe because honestly, you shouldn't be scared of unsubscribes. You want people to unsubscribe. If they are not your people, let them go because in order to have a healthy and engaged email list, you have to have people who really want to be there. It's like inviting people to a party who didn't want to come. You don't want them to hang around because they're just going to be spoil sports, right? You want them to go about their way. Go on. Go on. Bye-bye. See ya. Numbers don't matter. It's really engagement that matters. Okay, those are the six email marketing pet peeves that I have gotten directly from consumers. So make sure that you're avoiding those problems in your email marketing so that you can keep your list happy and engaged. Hey, real quick before you go, if you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd be so grateful if you shared it with a business bestie or better yet, leave a review on iTunes because by doing so, you'll help this podcast reach more business owners who can learn how to use copywriting to grow their businesses. And that's what we're all about here. So thanks. 